You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. And uh, by the way, if you want to check out the podcast of the show, we do it every day. We actually, I'm going to get my chair up here. I feel like uh, like my head's almost on the counter. Uh, anyway, uh, go to uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. We take the show every day. We whittle it down into two segments. We put it up as the podcast, and I think you will uh, enjoy it. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Uh, brand new from Jim Gossett. Literally sent him this about an hour ago, and he already produced it about Iran. Or Iran, as we used to call it. Joe had to know where the money'd go. Six million bucks. It was the trigger for the attack. Iran had a plan. Joe was their man. The whole thing sucks. Oh, yeah. That's the word I'd use. I've got an anger that's deep inside. Right here. That I can't hide. The wound will not heal. 10-7 is 9-11. Don't ever forget that. So I placed a call to Sleepy Joe and let him know the way that I really feel. What did Uncle Joe say? I ran, I said. (laughs) 2,000 dead. In Israel, because you helped fund Hamas. Oh, yeah, that's true. They did that, didn't they? Billions of dollars. I ran, I cried. It's almost like they're uh, allies of Iran. Joe Biden lied. It's like we have, uh, you know, Manchurian candidate in office. When he gave them six billion to fund their attack. Yeah, that's what they did. It's kind of funny because, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden and, uh, and Barack Obama have been funding Iran to the, the you know, tune of billions of dollars, including, what, $80 billion that they've made off selling oil since uh, Joe Biden got rid of the Keystone XL pipeline. So it makes you wonder if they're just incompetent or if, it's, um, if it is intentional. I'm leaning towards the intentional, to be honest. I'm leaning towards the, uh, the intentional a little here on that. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, Mike Johnson. Being the uh, the Speaker of the House nominee from the GOP, uh, the GOP because they have gone through four speakers, they've decided to whip out their Mike Johnson. That's what they're doing. America's pharmacy deserts. It's happening all over the country. Maybe it's happening in your neighborhood. Rite Aid, CVS, Walgreens shutting down 1,500 stores due to crime and competition. Where are you going to go to get your uh, your meds? You going to drive across town? Where are you going to go? What happens when there's a crisis? Yeah, I mean, if, if what's happening in the world right now, don't say, oh, yeah, there's a crisis coming, then, I mean, you need to wake up. The wellness company will take care of you. I got my emergency medical kit from the wellness company. Here, let me get it here. Hold on one second. Don't worry, ladies. That's a zipper for a bag. There it is. Okay. So in my, uh, my this literally, uh, if you watch the video on, online, the wellness company medical emergency kit, mine has amoxicillin, very, very necessary, zithro, which I, I couldn't find for my kids when they had the bird flu about 10 years ago. Uh, there was also ivermectin in here, among other things, which the CDC would not allow you to have. All of these things are in this kit from the wellness company. And I'm going to tell you, you probably want to do it now. 
you, you probably want to get online right now if you want to get this because honestly, this is the most important thing. I mean, food and water, yeah. Medicine, oh hell yeah. So what we got to do if you want to get ten percent off of this kit, you're going to do a, a little a medical questionnaire. They're going to decide exactly what you need. I did it online. This company, by the way, wellness company founded by Dr. Peter McAuliffe, one of the original. Okay, so you just go to twc.health slash Carson. Okay, twc.health slash Carson and order. You're going to get 10% off and you're going to be prepared. I've been talking about this this week, yesterday. A whole bunch of people called up and said, we got to get this done. And it is important. Again, twchealth.carson for your emergency medical kit. You've got Rite Aids, 1,500 stores, CVS, Walgreens going out of business. You're going to wait till it comes to your hood and then you're, you're, you're hosed just on the basics? It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. So um, I was sent a, a, a video from uh, uh, my producer, Ken, and it is from Matt Gates yesterday, his podcast, talking about the decision to whip out our Mike Johnson for Speaker of the House. Emmer is withdrawing. Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, yes. stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second Ooh. to Tom Emmer, and that oh. was Mike Johnson. Yay. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, yes. Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. That is pretty smart for a freshman because normally freshmen, you go in, you get picked on, they steal your lunch money. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent Who's request? that? Who? Kevin McCarthy. Who oh, was that? Wow. Kevin McCarthy stands up <laughs> oh, and come erupts. On. This is, uh, by the way, on Steve Bannon's War Room. It's uh, it's his podcast, actually. Matt Gates, a guest. It says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was exasperated. All the times Johnson had voted for McCarthy, <laughs> yeah, carried yeah, his water, yeah. maybe even voted for some bills he didn't like because yeah. he, he was working toward the Republican conference's stated objectives under McCarthy. And, and here was the thing. It what? showed everyone that it was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Scalise. It was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Jim Jordan. Really? It was McCarthy working to knife everyone. And he hadn't yet figured out a way to knife Mike Johnson. Whoa. And so he was worried that there was going to be this great unifying moment, and he scuttled the unifying oh, moment. Wow. So because of McCarthy's objection, we had to have this three-hour delay. Yeah. And, you know, candidates announce again, have another forum, and guess what happens during that delay? Steve? What was that? What's that? Patrick McHenry yes. runs to the House floor, yes. opens it up out of recess, yes. and then adjourns till noon today. Now, why did he do that? I don't know. Because they were setting up a play to block Mike Johnson with write-in votes in the intra-conference process for Kevin McCarthy. Wow, what a bunch of scumbags. They were promising people hearings on their favorite legislation, wow. passage of bills. I heard people promised, oh, maybe you'll get a, a chairmanship. And, and the play oh, was for man. McCarthy to return as speaker, and then Jim Jordan 
to be the deputy speaker in some sort of like Dwight uh, Schrute assistant to the regional man- Dwight Schrute. manager posture. <laughs> and that would have been debasing to Jordan, someone I like a great deal. Yeah. And it would have been empowering. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, my God, that is fantastic. God, I love it. Now I love Matt Gates even more. I do. I do. I know everybody. See, whenever somebody says that, oh, that GOP member is a whatever, a radical or whatever, you realize that uh, you're supporting the right guy. And Kevin McCarthy, honestly, uh, screw you. I mean, really, honestly, this is uh, Mike Johnson yesterday uh, after a meeting. And, and I, I just want you to little, uh, listen to a little of this because to me, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, all I know about Mike Johnson is what I have uh, seen the last couple of years. And he's always been a champion of free speech and small government. And uh, he's always been a supporter of Jim Jordan. He's always been right there on everything. He's a brilliant speaker. And uh, he, he gets a reasonable uh, conservative rating. This is Mike Johnson yesterday. I thought it was brilliant. We want to thank brilliant. all the press for waiting. It's been quite a process. <laughs> Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority, is united. Is united. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, what I noticed about this yesterday is the people who were in the forefront, like Lauren Boebert, uh, there's Kat Kamek, there's Elise Stefanik. These are real conservatives who are standing right around him. Uh, I don't think Kevin McCarthy would have the same people standing in the front row. to have the support of my colleagues and what they understand about this is this is I'm not going to let this roll because I thought it was uh, impressive I didn't want to whittle it down servant leadership we're going to serve the people of this country we're going to restore their faith in this Congress this institution of government well you got a long way to go government. America is the last best hope of man on the earth yeah that's true Abraham Lincoln said it Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time yeah. and we're here to remind you of that again yeah me we're too we're going to restore your trust in what we do here. Well, get going. We're going to see a new form of government, and we are going to move this quickly. This group here is ready to govern, and we are going to govern well. We're going to do what's right by the people. And I believe the people are going to reward that next year. But we have a lot of big priorities ahead of us right now. The world is on fire. Yeah, I noticed that. We stand that. with our ally, Israel. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think a Democrat would say that. We have a very busy agenda. We have appropriations bills to get through the process, but you are going to see this group looking, working oil machine. We owe that to the American people. The, the people up here are, have been sent here by the people of this country to do this job, and we are going to do it well. We commit that to you. Thank you for allowing us to go through the process. There you go. Okay, we will see. We will see. Um, this is uh, Mike Johnson. He was asked about being an election denier yesterday, and this is good because he waved off the question uh, with, uh, with uh, not a lot of seriousness, and I appreciate this. I love that. I, I really love the fact that they uh, that they did that. I think it's uh, it's great, and I think we need more of that. To be quite honest, a little more uh, what fur when it comes to leftist media. Um, I was uh, I was also sent another soundbite from my producer Ken uh, from uh, this uh, Polivier. 
the Pierre Polivier, who is a conservative in Canada, who will be the next, uh, I believe, the next prime minister of Canada. I hope so. It'll save Canada. And here's what he does when he is confronted. Remember the other day he did a, he was eating an apple and he called out this reporter for uh, nonsensical questions based on nothing. Well, the same thing happened again, and he did the same thing. And this is this is kind of why I like Mike Johnson. He does a little of this, too. Um, a number of your own comments and actions have been um, characterized as dog whistling to By the who? far right. By who? By a number of by different, who? but I think it's been by characterized who? by that way. But by are who? you trying to court? Are, I, I are you trying to, to court the clarify, far right? Sorry, I just need to, to know. clarify. By who? By a number by. of different experts and a Ex- number of different people experts? who work who, who, who are the work experts? in this. Okay, well, I think right. it's been established that right. this is this is yeah, a concern. I, I, are not, you trying to court the far right vote? I, sorry, I, who are these experts? You say that they're yeah, experts. I want to know who they are. Who are they? Who are they? Yeah. My question is: Are ah. you trying to court the sorry, far right vote? I, I am sorry, your question uh, seems to be based on a false premise. You can't even uh, tell me who these experts are. It sounds like it's just a CBC smear job. There you go. I like that. I love this guy, Paul Avier. I think he's uh, he's absolutely awesome. And I think that uh, Mike Johnson needs to do a little more of this. Uh, I'll uh, play another. This is um, this is Mike Johnson uh, interrogating FBI Director Chris Ray about uh, the use of disinformation and censorship. The FBI made the social media platforms pull that information off the internet if it came from conservative sources. They they did this under the guise that it was disinformation. Can you can you define what disinformation is? What I can tell you is that <laughs> our focus is not on disinformation, broadly speaking. Well, wait a minute. Yes, it is. Wait a minute. You're, can I you're, answer the question? You can in a minute. Your star witness said in the litigation, yeah. Elvis Chan, who's in charge of this, said they do it on the basis of dif- disinformation. We need, a, we need a definition of what that is. Our focus is on malign foreign disinformation, that uh-huh. is foreign hostile actors sure, yeah. who engage in covert efforts no, to no, Mr. Ray. Our social media platforms, which is something that is not seriously in dispute. I have to stop you for time. That's not accurate. You need to read this court opinion because you're in charge of enforcing it. The court has found that, and Elvis Chan testified under oath in charge of this. Okay, that's great. See, it gives him a little what for. Uh, And what I have seen in the last couple of years is somebody who I do believe is a conservative America first guy. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, right? We will see what happens. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680 if you'd like to uh, chime in on this or whatever. Let's take a break. This is the Rob Carson Show. Oh, I love me some Led Zeppelin. Crank it up. This is Mike Johnson. He is uh, currently being voted on as House Speaker. He's ahead 88-72 to 72 over uh, Hakeem Jeffries. But we have to acknowledge that the federal government is way too big. And it does way too many things. And very little of what it does does it do well. I didn't hear any tape like this from uh, Majority Whip Tom Emmer. Uh, the administrative state has grown exponentially yeah, it has. over the recent decades. And it, as stated earlier, has consolidated governmental powers in the executive branch. And what that's done then is it's usurped the proper and constitutional role of Congress, our, our Article I authority over lawmaking and policymaking. And that consolidation of power has become really very dangerous. It's created an administrative state that is out of control. Oh, yes. I like that. I kind of like that. I didn't hear anything from Tom Emmer about that. Who, by the way, his candidacy was so short that uh, he would not have won a bull riding competition. I mean, it was like, boom. Because, you know, when you you, uh, ride a bull, you got to stay on for eight seconds. (laughs) 
thing is pretty funny. It lasted longer than I did on my honeymoon. Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> so majority whip, I just these names are so stupid. I'm a majority whip. Stop it. It's like a pineapple whip. Oh my god. So majority whip Tom Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> dropped out as a speaker uh, after his nomination's inevitable collapse became apparent. Speaker of the House. The tally in the final round was 117 for Emmer, 97 for Mike Johnson. And that's when they decided to whip out their Mike Johnson. And, uh, and now they're voting on him now. Uh, Trump scorched uh, Emmer uh, because he's a rhino. I shouldn't use that word. It's so terrible. President Trump on Tuesday lashed out at Tom Emmer just hours before he was nominated. Trump piled on and blasted Emmer as a globalist rhino. I have uh, many wonderful words, uh, uh, friends wanting to be Speaker of the House, and uh, some are true great warriors. Rhino Tom Emmer, who I do not know well, is not one of them. He never respected the power of the Trump endorsement or the breadth and scope of MAGA, Make America Great Again. I don't know if you know that's, that's what that stands for. Uh, he fought me all the way and actually spent more time defending Ilhan Omar than he did me. That's what Trump said. You think it didn't hold any sway in the Republican Party? Just saying. On Monday, Trump uh, mocked Immer for all of a sudden becoming his biggest fan. Trump said, well, he's my biggest fan now because he called me yesterday and told me. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Uh, so we will see uh, Mike Johnson. It's still now it's 98 to 76. So uh, we got a big Johnson and a small Jeffries right now is what we got. Okay, I won't do any more uh, middle school, uh, 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 you know, Johnson jokes. I, I just can't help it. I just, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a guy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing. Oh, a couple of other stories I think that are kind of interesting. And by the way, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to Kimberly Fletcher. She is the founder of Moms for America. I had a chance to meet a lot of Moms for America members in Harrisonburg, Pennsylvania at a, uh, uh, an event that I uh, emceed over the weekend. And they're trying to do a tea party to Moms for America. But the Moms for America is saying, really? I don't think so. They're basically telling the left, if I have to turn this car around, there's going to be some problems. That's what Moms for America do right there. You kids quiet down back there because if I turn this car around, we're going to have some problems. So they're in the process of turning this country around, you see. That was a pretty solid analogy. Motorists are falling behind on car loans at their highest rate in three decades. Uh, good news for people who are looking for used cars because they've been repossessed. Bad news for people who uh, need a car to drive. Drivers with bad credit are facing uh, payments up to 21% interest. That, that's what happens at the bay, buy here, bay, pay here. Those little dealerships that say, like, supercars or, you know, whatever. Those are buy here, pay here's. You're going to get screwed. And, and it's, I mean, it's really bad. But now all of us are getting that way because even if you've got decent credit, you're going to be paying 8 or 9% for your car. I know this because I just bought a car. And my credit rating is a kaboom, really, really good, thanks to my wife. Average rate on a car loan for motorists with the best credit is uh, 5% for a new vehicle, 7 for a used. Worst credit, 14.18 for new and 21 for used. In other words, it means that a motorist buying an F-150 with good credit between 60 and 719 would pay 630 bucks a month. Uh, a couple of years ago, it would have been 554 and by the way, according to Kelly Blue Book, the average transaction for a new vehicle, you ready for this? You know what the new vehicle price for the average car today is? And this isn't even EVs. 47.8. Now, for those of you who haven't sold cars for a living, and I had to for three years, that means about a $1,000 a month car payment. 
$1,000 a month car payment after taxes, down payment, and all that stuff. Over 60 months. Thought you should know. Not ex- not easy to buy a car now. Not e- easy to hang on to one. Uh, coming up, Kimberly Fletcher, Moms for America. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. One of my favorite groups in America right now, a true grassroots movement on the heels of a tea party that was... uh, was effectively destroyed by the liberal media. It's Moms for America, but Kimberly Fletcher ain't going to let that happen, and she's on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, Kimberly. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, I met a lot of uh, your uh, affiliates, I should say, uh, Moms for America, when I was speaking in uh, in Harrisburg over the weekend at the Freedom 23 conference. Met a lot of Moms for America. Uh, tell me about the group. How, how's it going? I mean, how long you been? I know you've been around for a little while, but, uh, but it looks like you're making some inroads. You're reaching some people. How is the Moms for America movement doing right now? It's actually doing pretty well in spite of everything that's coming our way. It is because of everything coming our way that the movement is growing so dramatically. Um, I founded the organization 20 years ago in 2004. Next year is our 20th anniversary. And we really, starting in 2017, we just started to have this astronomical growth as more and more of the, the radical movement, the radical feminists, the radical ideologists started coming out. And when they, in 2020, were exposed as threatening our children, then they realized that maybe I wasn't a helicopter parent with a tinfoil hat. Maybe this really was real. And so the movement has just grown incredibly over the last three years. And we've had legislative uh, wins, uh, litigative wins. We have been building relationships with uh, school board members and community members to the point where um, the Topeka, Kansas, just did an article on us when they interviewed the head of the teachers' unions in the state of Kansas, and she said that they fear Moms for America because we're moving people in the wrong direction. Oh, please. Dear God in heaven, they did the same thing to the Tea Party. They destroyed the Tea Party movement by saying the same thing. They've done the same thing with other organizations. Now they're going after moms. You know what I would do? And I, you, you know what, Kimberly, you have the advantage because you don't mess with mom. You know, I think I I think your slogan should be your American needs a mom. That should be it. And then and then you should you should literally your slogan should be something like if I have to turn this country around, there's going to be a problem. What do you think about that? I love that. Okay, we're I that. How about this? How about this? If you're in Washington, D.C., and you're sitting there with the GOP conference, and you're Moms for America, and they're all sitting around this table, you would say, now we're going to sit here at this dinner table until we get a new speaker. How about that? <laughs> I am so in. These are great. You know, we've been, we've been bringing the whole mom, mom perspective to these conversations, but that's all. That's a whole new turn. We're definitely going to... Think about all the advice your mom gave you. Listen to your mom, right? Maybe you are America's... Moms for America are America's moms, and the slogan should be, if we have to turn this country around, there's going to be some problems. You write that down, Kimberly, because you're making headway. I'm telling you, 
I think it's a great idea. I really, because you know, you know what? Listen, my mom, uh, Catholic mom, my mom. I mean, you didn't even have to say anything, and you knew you were in deep whatever. So maybe you need to use those mom tactics to get these kids, uh, you know, to, to straighten their act out. What do you think? Well, we definitely have a, a powerful voice that is resonating, and everybody has a mom. That's, you know, something that we have going for us as well. Everybody has one. And you have that feeling of, you know, mom's looking over my shoulder, or uh, you get the eye. You know, you know the, you remember the eye. <laughs> you just don't mess with that. We have been um, having some really big uh, influence in some of these topics that are hitting our culture that's attacking our children. And it, literally, some of these things are just breaking my heart, that they are mentally and emotionally torturing our children, leading them into this transgender ideology and uh, comprehensive sex education, flooding in our schools. We're, they're teaching our children to hate our country, hate their neighbors, and hate themselves every single day and disenfranchising from their parents. What, what do they have to hold on to? So, of course, the mental health industry has is, is gone crazy with these kids coming into the system. We have the suicide rate, especially amongst young boys, is skyrocketing. Girls are in large, huge numbers are the ones who are mostly being affected by the transgender uh, movement, except for those. You know, it's a social contagion. It Kimberly, it, it's a social contagion. I mean, in dear God in heaven, who are the most susceptible to a social contagion in the history of mankind? Teenage girls. Uh, Salem witch trials, anybody? Uh, anybody on the Salem witch trials? You know, I'm seriously. This is this is ridiculous. Um, but as far as uh, as the abuse of our children, particularly with COVID, my kids went through this, Kimberly. My daughter and my son were affected profoundly by the nonsense perpetrated on these children. The positive is that I believe Gen Z, I believe these kids who've been through so much hell because of idiots who are in charge, uh, they are recognizing the value of human contact and being with each other. That's huge. I really do believe that we're making some headway there. Kimberly, what do you think about what the government did to our kids during COVID and how this generation is responding to it? Well, I think the generation is responding in very, with a very loud voice. It is unacceptable. What they don't have is the understanding of what their empowerment is. We, our children have been used for a lot of uh, social experiments over the years. Uh, every time there's a shooting at a school, they'll gravitate to any kid who's going to get up and you know speak their mantra of taking guns away. But how many people are out there protecting our kids with the battles that they're facing in their schools and communities today? And I'm so proud of, of these moms who have gotten together and helped empower their kids because we can't always be there for them. There's a group of girls, over 100 girls in a school in Peoria, Arizona, who were so fed up with this pushing these boys in the school girls' bathroom policies that they, didn't, they said they didn't feel safe going into the girls' bathroom anymore. And so they lined up, hundred, over 100 of them lined up outside the nurses' lounge to use that bathroom in protest. And it made, it, it made the news. And now it's empowering <laughs> these kids all over the country. Now they're doing these, instead of sit-outs, they're doing stand-ins in front of the... I love it. Yeah, use use the teacher's bathroom. Stand in line for the That's teacher's right. bathroom. I love that. I think it's so fantastic. On a, on a serious note, Kimberly, <clears throat> uh, there is a quote by Voltaire, and uh, Voltaire said that those who believe absurdities will commit atrocities. 
that's what's happened with transitioning children to the opposite gender. Uh, I said this uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was greeted uh, in a very untoward fashion by even my own kids. When I said, congratulations, we are creating uh, mutilated eunuchs. And when they wake up, when they become adults, when their brains finally uh, become intact, they're going to realize they can't breastfeed, they can't have children, uh, they will never be able to regrow that penis, and they are uh, essentially monsters. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I hate to say it that way, but that, that's what the, uh, 90 plus percent of them will ultimately say, my God in heaven, what did I do? And, and the fact that so many, including... Hey, in, including, listen, including mothers, counselors, uh, uh, principals, uh, uh, anesthetists, doctors, all of them have to be held accountable for this. I agree. And one of the things that they're doing to parents, which is absolutely, this is just beyond um, anything you could possibly imagine, that they're torturing parents as well, convincing parents, if you don't transition your, your child, they're going to commit suicide. Would you rather have a live daughter, a live son, or a dead daughter? And they say these things all the time, and they're absolute lies. Well, one of the things that, and they're buying into it, of course, because you don't want to lose your child. But one of the things that we're hearing from these kids who have been detransitioning, because this started about 10, 12 years ago, and it was, it literally is a social experiment. And now these kids are saying the people that, that should have protected us, that we loved and trusted the most, are the ones who did this to us. And now they're having to figure out how to, how to deal with that. And there have been a couple who have come to us and, and said, you know what, my mom, I thought that she just wasn't supporting me, she wasn't helpful, the whole world convinced me that she was the bad guy, but my mom saved my life. And they're handling yeah. the parents who are standing and protecting them, and they're, they're trying to figure out how do you reconcile that my parents the teachers, the people who love and trust, and I'm supposed to love and trust and protect me, they're the ones who did this to me. How do you reconcile that? This is a long-term issue that they're going to have to deal with, and it's become a billion-dollar business, a clinical trial on our children, and the whole entire society and our country is going to suffer because of it. Yeah, and you know what? They're going to have to be some sort of trials uh, with regard to allowing this to happen. It is uh, mania and a social contagion. And what I would say, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly Fletcher, Moms for America, is uh, to those who say that if I don't let my kid transition, they'll kill themselves. Uh, they also say that uh, kids who want to transition are not mentally ill, right? So I'm thinking one of the uh, number one ways to show you're mentally ill is to be suicidal. Just thought I'd say that. So so you're literally rewarding mental illness, a child saying they're going to kill themselves unless you transition. What kind of sense does that make, Kimberly? Well, and they're not dealing with the underlying issues that, is, that have caused them to even question to begin with. And a lot of times, in most cases, there's social or emotional or physical abuse involved, neglect. Um, a lot of these kids that are being preyed upon are on the spectrum at some level. And instead of helping them resolve whatever the underlying issue is, they just mask over it and say, no, the problem has nothing to do with the fact that they were, that they were uh, molested as a child. No, that's not the problem. The problem is that you're not accepting that they're not actually a girl. Yeah, and it's a joke. This, this, this is, I mean, the whole mental health industry has been knocked off its head, and they're not helping kids. We, we actually are just doing, because we did this big event, with the Epic Times, um, gender, a gender confusion event, which had thousands and thousands, over 100,000 views. 
by parents who are who are concerned. And we're doing a follow-up on how can you find a good counselor, a counselor of integrity, a therapist who can help your child through these difficult times because you really can't trust the mental health industry anymore and you've got to really look for who can really help my child instead of making it worse. Yeah, we found out that the medical establishment was willing to sell itself out pretty quickly uh, with regard to COVID, with regard to this transgender nonsense. They are, uh, and, and I've said this, I said Joseph Mengele would be proud. Uh, and I do mean that 100%. When you uh, give a child um, uh, puberty blockers and attempt to change their quote-unquote wrong puberty, which doesn't exist, uh, then you are bedded down with evil. That's just the way it is. Oh, by the way, Kimberly, have you heard our gender confusion theme song? No. Here, here it is. You can use this at the next conference. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. What do you think? I'm pretty good, huh? Gender confusion. Yeah, there you go. Hey, hey. There it is. I teach my elementary. So you can use that at the next conference. I think that'd be a good idea. So. Okay. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you uh, joining me today, Kimberly. And Moms for America always has a place on this show. Where can moms sign up for this? Where can people uh, donate and help you out? Because I think it's uh, it's you're you're terrific. Go right ahead. Momsforamerica.us. You can find everything there that we do, and we can support you. And you can also donate there. Momsforamerica.us. All right. I think your new slogan should be: If we have to turn this country around, there's going to be trouble. Well, I'm taking it. I'm just saying. I've already written it down, and I have approval. We're taking it. All right. I'll send you some more mom cliches, because I got them all. I've got them all. Kimberly, thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for the good work. Thank you. All right. Bombsforamerica.us. Americans are burning through their savings. Yeah, they're they're, they're burning through their savings to keep uh, Biden's economy afloat. It's a terrible economy. And while you're burning through your savings to pay bills get through, just, you know, get into the next paycheck. Uh, the, the Biden administration is taking credit for it. Like, the Bidenomics is working, but it's not. It's a joke. What happens when your savings are gone? Maybe it's time to uh, take some of those savings, convert them to precious metals. How about that? How about you get in touch with uh, uh, Swiss America? Uh, Better Business Bureau, triple A rated company that's been around for over 30 years that I trust, by the way. They've got a, a secret war on cash report that is shocking. It shows not only the collapse of the economy, but also the, the attempt to centralize banking and create a digital currency that, so they can control your money. The government can control your money, can shut it off when you don't agree with something. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. You need to call or text Swiss America. This number, 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You can call or text. Mention my name, Rob Carson. That's me. When you call or text, you'll get this uh, this wonderful uh, secret warrant cash. you got it right here. Right here on my computer monitor. I look at it every day. Again, 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Get on the uh, get on the good foot uh, on the way to uh, investing in gold so you don't have to burn through your savings and you're stuck with nothing. And you're stuck with nothing. Let's take a break and come back, my friends. This is the Rob Carson Show. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. Those are, of course, the Foo Fighters, my favorite band. I say that because uh, Mike Johnson is officially the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. La, 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 la. Mike Johnson is the dude. Just got the votes. Let's go to Newsmax Live here. Because he was voting against Jim Jordan. 
Uh, and so I think the conference is tired of stuff like that. Um, and they have a hope that Johnson can heal this wounded conference, but he will also have to spend a lot of time not just legislating, but raising money and forming those relationships with those big... Oh, there you go. So it is, uh, it is Mike Johnson. He is the new Speaker of the House over Hakeem Jeffries at 209. Um, originally, now, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm some sort of a political sage or anything. I just have common sense and do research and stuff, you know. Uh, but I said Mike Johnson, I thought he would be a great choice. He, originally, I thought, uh, I think originally I said... Um, Originally, I thought it would be Byron Donalds would be the dude. Then, of course, Jim Jordan, and uh, and now we got uh, we got uh, uh, Mike Johnson. You know, so they first of all they whipped out their Jordan, then they whipped out their Emmer, and finally, you know, they got old Johnson out and. You know, he's the, he's the Speaker of the House. So there you go. I told you I wasn't going to do any more 14-year-old uh, 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 penis jokes. But I couldn't help it. I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help it. I, 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 I like the guy. I think he's, uh, he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. This is uh, Mike Johnson. Let me give you a, a little bit of... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little red-hot Johnson here. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is Mike Johnson responding to when Nancy Pelosi tore up the State of the Union address. No, of course not. I mean, it was a shameful display. It was stunning, really, to many members uh, sitting in the House. It was totally unprecedented. It was shameless, and it was also unlawful, Tucker. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this the last 48 hours, and I did a little legal memo to point out to my colleagues that she actually committed a felony when she tore that, that paper up. It wasn't just any copy. I, just like, I like the, the way the guy talks. I like his attitude. I think he's got a little, uh, a little wink and a nod going there. A little bit. I don't know. I just, I, I have liked Mike Johnson since I've seen him. He worked with Gates. Uh, he worked with Jordan. Uh, he's, he's constantly in congressional hearings uh, alongside Jim Jordan, and, and he always adds something. I think that is uh, really, really good. I really, really, really do. I think that so. If you want to uh, call and agree or disagree, that's perfectly fine. Eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. I I kind of almost I don't know if I should say this, but uh, I kind of almost think that the GOP made a good decision. I know, I know, I know. It's impossible to think that the GOP would uh, would uh, make a good decision, but it appears. It appears they have. So congratulations, uh, praise Jesus, and pass the mashed potatoes. We have a new House Speaker. Yeehaw! Yeehaw. Now, get your bleeps to work. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have a lot of uh, time before the top of the hour <clears throat> to do uh, what I want to do, uh, which is go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Just kidding. Which is to uh, expound on a, on a much larger... Uh, uh, diatribe on on you know something that's in the news. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve a couple of things for uh, for next hour. I'll mention this real quick here. Um, in a uh, uh, leading uh, a four way race with Biden, RFK Jr. and uh, this uh, this West guy who's a radical uh, academic. It looks like Donald Trump is out in front. According to a Messenger Harris uh, survey, Biden uh, or uh, uh, Biden earned 35 percent, Trump 38, Kennedy uh, 13, and then uh, this uh, the professor, Mr. West, he uh, he comes in at uh, at three at two percent. I think he's a little bit less popular now that he's uh, essentially uh, supporting the Palestinians. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's that. I, I think it's all bullcrap, to be quite honest. Uh, I think Trump's leading by more. But anyway, that's cool. Let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Uh, mm.
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the Rob Carson Show. And we have a new speaker of the house. It's Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, the new speaker of the house, got 220 votes. Uh, 800-922-6680. This on the same day, the uh, Republicans uh, whip out Mike Johnson and the guy who played Shaft died. It's kind of weird how that happened. Richard Roundtree was uh, Shaft. A show that I saw, well, the movie you've seen over the years and uh, all that. Isaac Hayes, by the way, who did the uh, the theme song. Wait till it kicks in, it gets really good. Shaft was amazing. He was like a black superhero. He was a fantastic. One of my childhood heroes, actually. Here comes. It's just such good music. Probably played more than I should have. I think there are rules for talk radio. Can only play music for like thirty seconds or something. I think I might have broken it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, Mike Johnson is the dude. He's the uh, new speaker of the house, and uh, I'm hopeful. I, I personally am hopeful. Let's see what Tony in Richmond has to say. Tony, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Thank you, Rob. Good. Yes, it's a great day for Republicans. A great day for America. And Republicans have whipped out their Johnson. Let's get to work. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I said originally that I thought Mike Johnson, of all the people in the House that I have uh, noticed over the last couple of years, I there was something about Mike Johnson and his, uh, his performance committee hearings and his public addresses that made me say that I thought he was a real leader in the Republican Party. And I can't believe I'm actually pleasantly surprised after, uh, you know, demonizing Mr. Smith, who's also known as Jim Jordan, uh, and then, then introducing Tom Emmer yesterday, who ba- lasted about as long as, a, I don't know, a 14-year-old boy losing his virginity uh, as the Speaker of the House. So... <laughs> so I should say 18-year-old. That's yeah, that's more legal. <clears throat> but honestly, uh, that was a joke. And I just thought it was a nice boot and rally by the GOP after Emmer was uh, was cast uh, aside, Tony. So uh, what do you think of Johnson? I mean, well, the, I mean the guy. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of him? I know there's so many jokes here that, you, that we could go there all day because, you know, we're guys. We never grow beyond our 14-year-old sense of humor. But what do you, what do you like about Mike Johnson? Yeah, I like him. I don't know too much about him, but I did hear that he disputed the election results. As soon as I heard that, that was good enough for me. He sounds like a fighter. He sounds like he's willing to stand on his principles. So let's get to it. Let's see what Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Another thing, pay attention to the news coverage the next day or so because they didn't have a lot of time to destroy Mike Johnson in the media, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, and, and if you pay attention to the news media and if CNN says Mike Johnson was a great choice, we know we've made a mistake. If they say, however, that he's a, he's a mega extremist, then we know we've gotten the right guy in office, Tony. Let's go. Let's go. All right, bro. Okay, Let's go, baby. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Appreciate the phone call, dude. Appreciate the phone call. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's a good choice. I think it's a good choice. Um, you know what I think we need? 
You know what I think we need? I think we need a, uh, a comedic palate cleanser. That's what I think we need. Uh, Jim Gossett put something together for us this morning about Iran and Joe Biden's complicity with that nation supporting him. Joe had to know where the money'd go. Six billion bucks. That was the trigger for October the 7th, by the way. That's what it was. Iran had a plan. Joe was their man. The whole thing sucks. Oh, it beyond sucks. I mean, it's... Wow. I've got an anger that's deep inside that I can't hide. The wound will not heal. I want to have that looked at. So I placed a call to Sleepy Joe and let him know the way that I really feel. Sing it, Jim Gossett. Come on. I ran, I said. Da 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 da. Two thousand dead. Da 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 da. In Israel, because you helped fund Hamas. I wonder why. Maybe it's intentional. I ran, I said. That is really nice. That is Jim Gossett right there. By the way, we have a big appearance coming up on uh, November the 16th in Baltimore. It sold out in days, even though we're not selling tickets. You had to apply for the tickets and all of that and, uh, you know, whatever. And then we selected the number of people to come. And it's uh, filled up November the 16th in Baltimore. Uh, and Jim Gossett is going to be on stage with me. And uh, it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and if you, you didn't get in this time, we will certainly work on getting you in the next time because um, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I think you know what we need to do. I think that we need a... Let me find my, my theme song here. It's time for a gender confusion. It's about gender identity. Let's try it again here. Hold on. Start again. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender confusion. So a couple of things. First and foremost, a viral video of a man finding his son in a daycare wearing a dress. I want to share this because I think it's awesome. I don't know who this guy is, but he shows up at the daycare center and the uh, people in charge of the daycare center had all the kids dressed in little dresses, little girl princess dresses. And dad walks in and sees his son wearing a princess dress. And here's what dad said. Let that be the first and last time I see you do that, please. That's going to be the first and last time I see you do that. Take that off immediately. Oh, here, I'll go pick them. Take it off. Take it off. And you guys never ever let my son put a dress on, ever. Okay. Yeah, never, never let my son put a dress on again, ever. Ever, ever. ever. You understand me? Like, ever. Like, ever. Yeah. No problem. No problem. No worries. You gotta, gotta do that. First time yeah. and last time. Yeah, first time and last time. Yeah, yeah, take the damn dress off. All right, you're not putting a damn dress on my son. Uh, I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yay, dad. Go, dad. That's what I would do if my kids were little. And I found my son in a dress at a daycare center. I, uh, I would, uh, it's easy for me to say because now my kid is, you know, my son's 23, my daughter's 18. But uh, I just don't have any patience for that nonsense. I don't. 
Uh, and I did some of those things when my, when my kids were growing up. I, I played hardball with, uh, you know, idiots d- trying to do stuff. I told you the story about we were sitting around with a bunch of, of these uh, Karens, you know, uh, and maybe it was a soccer practice. I don't even know. Thank God my son only did soccer for one game and gave it up. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Don't have to go to soccer games. I mean, what a gift. My kids decided no on soccer. <laughs> I, you know, if your kid's into soccer, I think it's great. I just didn't want to have to do that. But anyway, I'm sitting around with a bunch of these moms. I'm a new dad. I'm 35 years old. And and we're sitting there, and I said, well, that's kind of stupid. Or I said something stupid. And the woman goes, she goes, we don't use the word stupid. And I said, well, what do you call stupid people? And so that's the kind of dad I was. And uh, and that's the kind of dad I continue to be. And I certainly would have done that with my, uh, my, my son being put in a prince's dress at school. I'm sorry. I'm not cool with it. Never will be. Maybe if you call that, you want to call that homophobic or whatever. No. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's just don't do that stupid crap on my kid. There you go. Don't try that stupid crap on my kid. Yeah. So uh, listen to this. Listen to this. The very first non-binary NBA referee. Yeah, named uh, Shea Flores has become the uh, NBA's first open non-binary referee. National Basketball, Basketball Association announces Shea Flores, the, the league's first openly non-binary referee. Now, I think this is perfect. For a referee to be non-binary is perfect. Because as a referee, you don't want people choosing sides. Right? You don't want them saying, okay, I think the guys are going to win here. I think the girls are going to win here. She has no preference whatsoever. This woman is, this uh, non-binary individual is so uh, middle of the road, so impartial that she literally can look down at her female breasts to, uh, you know, the, 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 her nina, you can't really see it, but it, down there, and say, I don't know what sex I am. Think about that. Would you want that as your referee? Or would you want somebody who looked down and saw the boobs and said, well, I'm not a middle-aged man. I must be a woman. So there, I, I think it's uh, kind of perfect. I do uh, see some problems with her, him, his, her, him, her, uh, being a referee. Because Flores prefers the pronouns they and them, which would mean... You could go over the number of limits uh, of uh, referees allowed on the court because uh, she obviously is more than one person because she is they and them. So I'm thinking on the basketball court as an NBA referee, is there just one? Is there just one or are there two? I can't remember. In the NFL, they got like 40. Uh, but anyway, I, I think if you're going to use they and them pronouns, you, you might have like, like for instance, if there was a, a football player like a quarterback or a, I don't know, tight end, <laughs> uh, who used they, them pronouns. If that person is on the field before the play starts, does that mean there's an extra man on the field? I'm just thinking out loud here. Back to uh, Shea Flores. Uh, when I started refereeing, you had to look a certain way. This is the first time I'm comfortable expressing myself through my own fashion and not having to worry about it. Yeah, because, you know, I guess you kind of just wear black pants and a striped shirt, so that's the, f- the fa- fashion. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> I can go through the world and even my job a lot more comfortably now, not knowing which, which, uh, you know, which sex I am. She hopes her example will be a role model for queer kids. I thought they were non-binary. 
Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So, mm, all right. Uh, I just think of having younger queer kids look at somebody who's on a high profile stage and not using it. Don't give yourself so much credit, sunshine. You're a referee. You're not a very popular person. Let's not, let's not try to make us something a little more than we are here. You're not really a groundbreaker. You're just a person who looks down over female breasts toward female parts and says, I don't know what sex I am. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count on too many, uh, too many monuments building built in your, uh, in your memory after you retire. Uh, and I'm not going to use the league to take advantage in any way, Flores says. This is uh, just to let young kids know that we can exist. She's almost as influential as the lesbian black uh, speaker who, uh, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's almost as big a deal as that. Really opens some doors. I feel I have a responsibility to be exactly, uh, exactly I am without hiding anything and letting everybody in. Flores joined the NBA as a non-staff official during the 2021-22 season. She has officiated in the WNBA's league for 10 seasons. I guess she acknowledged women then. I'm not sure. Flores will officially be identified as they and then at the top of the season this year, though she was on hand to officiate 35 games last season while uh, being identified as she. So there's the big uh, great uh, news that's really, truly groundbreaking. That, any, <clears throat> that an NBA referee can't make a decision like, eh, what gender you are. Transgender writer for Netflix series Sex Education launching a stage show about the search for a sperm donor with the spectacle being promoted as a rare opportunity to contribute to and witness queer family making. Krishna Istha is a woman who represents herself as male but identifies as neither and uses they them pronouns. She could be an NBA referee. First Trimester is the name of the play. Begins performances November at the Battersea Arts Center in London. It's being billed as a conceptual place of theater that will feature Istha interacting with audience members. Uh, each performance lasts three hours, although ticket uh, holders are free to leave before that. Everybody's going to leave because it's going to suck. This groundbreaking performance offers a rare opportunity to contribute and witness queer family making. Uh, I've always shunned gender roles. I'm not a woman. I never wanted to be a man, and yet I have this colossal need to be both. Yeah, you're mentally ill. So there you go. Uh, let's take a break and come back. The number 800 <laughs> I feel like I need a whistle. Uh, this is the Rob Carson Show. Mike Johnson is the official new House Speaker, and I'm thinking this is pretty kick-butt considering uh, yesterday I was prepared to be disappointed. I really, really was. This is Matt Gates this morning talking to Steve Bannon. And the swamp is on the run. That's... MAGA is ascendant. Boom! And if, if you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican uh -oh. Party truly lies, uh -oh. uh, then, then you're not paying attention. But they are, they are crying, they are hand-wringing and bedwetting over on K Street because we have an <laughs> honorable, righteous, righteous man uh, who is about to take this position. He's going to do great things for the country. And again, uh, pay attention to CNN and MSNBC. If they say anything bad about Mike Johnson, if uh, the traditional rhinos like Mitch McConnell has something bad to say about Mike Johnson, then uh, the GOP made the right decision. And I personally think they did. My gut tells me they did. What was the number one thing people were looking for? Go ahead. What was the number one thing people were looking for? What's the, 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 something that is rarer than platinum right now. 
What is it? It's trust. It's trust. We don't trust anybody. We don't trust the freaking media. We don't trust the man in the White House. We don't trust anybody. Because they've abused us. They've abused us. They've lied to us. They lied through COVID. They lied through Russia collusion. They lied through two faux impeachments. They've lied to you about everything. They lie to you about the border. They lie to you about everything. I hope that Mike Johnson's uh, speakership is a giant middle finger to the Uniparty. That's what I'm hoping. Let's go to Todd and Glenn Bernie. Hello there, Todd. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Rob. Thanks, man. I, I, I'm happy you took my call after a commercial break because I was laughing so hard at your last last segment. I'm like, hey, here he goes again. He's making me oh. laugh. And then he's gonna you mean with the, me with the be- no, wait a minute. You mean the, the NBA referee? I say she's perfect that she's my, oh. non-binary. She's, she's impartial. <laughs> she doesn't know what sex she is. What the hell, dude? Yeah. I mean, honestly, can you imagine the calls that she's going to have when she's the referee is with they, them pronouns? They'll only need one ref because she's two people. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so go funny. Ahead. But, go uh, ahead. Go so ahead. I was calling. I, I, I wanted to just let you know that I appreciate your show. You bring a certain amount of levity to, to this because if, if we can't laugh, we'll just all sit here and cry. And I don't want to cry. I'd rather laugh. But anyway, I called to um, – as I was telling um, the screener, um, I was just wondering if you had any inside baseball on how or who, you know, whipped these people into shape to where it was a unanimous vote because we haven't seen that in forever. So I didn't well, let know me. If you knew- I, I do. I do. Let me let me find this real quick. I had uh, my producer Ken sent me this. Uh, oh, uh, this is the audio of uh, of Matt Gates. Let me let me see if I can find this real quick. Let me. Uh, de- uh, hold on. I played this early, and I didn't remember what I labeled it. I, I, I run my own audio, so pardon me, pardon me, pardon I think this is it right here. Listen, Emma is withdrawing. Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for Listen, a good cry, coming up. let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer, and that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent yes. that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. There you go. So that appears to the, be the genesis, which makes it even better, doesn't it? That's right. And I, I've never viewed this as I know a lot of people have viewed this as, um, you know, Matt Gates kind of crapped the bed and didn't have a plan and all that. I, it doesn't matter to me. I just want somebody in there that's going to do a good job and be a MAGA guy. And we just had heard there. No, that's no, what we, I'm saying. I don't know anything about this Johnson character. I, and I'm no. a news hound, which surprises me that I don't really know much about him. But well, I don't been... know if you had any inside baseball on how. How or who whipped everybody in the shape well, to have a unanimous vote? Now we know. Now we know, essentially. But I'm going to tell you, I've been following Mike Johnson and have been impressed by him. Uh, I like him because he's a statesman and he's a smart ass too. He's kind of like Matt Gates that way. And then now that we know Kevin McCarthy was against him, I realized that Matt Gates was smart to have Kevin McCarthy's butt fired. It was the right decision. Sorry, Brian Kilmeade. You're wrong on this one, bro. Let's take a break. This is the Rob Carson Show.
Johnson is the new Speaker of the House. Tom Emmer, a rhino, oh, I shouldn't use that word, from Minnesota, lasted as long as a Halloween Express in an abandoned DSW shoe warehouse. That's about how long he lasted, and uh, he went bye-bye in a big hurry. A huge victory, I believe, for conservatism. Here's uh, Mike Johnson speaking right now. That is the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. This is uh, live on Newsmax right now. We're in a time of extraordinary crisis right now. Yeah. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body. And we must not waver. Okay, there you go. That's okay, a speech. I, I'm not going to play the whole speech live. It's it's nice. I, I think they made the right choice. It's just I'm kind of pinching myself. It's like holy hell, did the Republicans do something right? I'm a little I'm a little crestfallen. Now I'm not crestfallen. I'm just shocked. <laughs> Let's go to Rick in Lutherville. Hello there, uh, Rick. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Rob. A couple things. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, I want to point out the hypocrisy of the left. Uh, last weekend, Greta Thornburg came out uh, for Palestine and against Israel. And the hypocrisy there is she should have came out against both because both sides are leaving an enormous carbon footprint, and she didn't even mention that. Oh, yeah. Just think about all of the uh, the carbon footprint the Hamas militants made when they murdered those Jews. I mean, my God, uh, for those who are concerned about global uh, climate change, I would be a little ticked off at Hamas just for that, Rick. I mean, my gosh. Well, that, and uh, also the hypocrisy on the left, um, you know, when this thing blew up again a couple weeks ago, how come the left wasn't calling for gun control over in the Middle East? <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, that is fantastic. Rick! Well, Rob, I want to uh, hit you with one more thing. I'm a little disappointed in you because, um, you know, we have a new Speaker of the House, but I'm surprised you didn't ask your listeners for a moment of silence since uh, Joaquin Jeffries didn't get the nod. Yeah, it's kind of sad that uh, Hakeem Jeffries. <laughs> I know. That's all I want to say about that. Rob, you're doing a great job. Love you. Have a good day. All right, bro. You too. I appreciate your uh, your sentiment. Oh, the fight for Taco T- Tuesday's trademark is over. Taco Bell says that a local New Jersey restaurant that held the trademark for 41 years relinquishes its registration after a Wyoming-based chain gave up their rights in 49 states. Taco Bell has won a bid to cancel Taco Tuesday trademark that a smaller chain has held for decades. So Taco Tuesday belongs to the people. I thought you should know that. Uh, The win announced by the chain on Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, I know, comes after the New Jersey-based uh, uh, Gregory's Restaurant and Bar relinquished its, relinquished its registration of the trademark catchphrase. Can we not all own Taco Tuesday? Can we not all celebrate Taco Tuesday? I think we should all celebrate Taco Tuesday. I think it's, I think it's great. So uh, the drawn-out quest from the fast food company who believes Taco Tuesday should belong to all of us, uh, make, sell, and eat, uh, celebrate tacos, uh, and uh, Gregory's owner... Um, uh, aptly named uh, Gregory Gregory proved harder to persuade but a costly campaign from the $33 billion Taco Bell company that even saw LeBron James join their calls to uh, free the phrase have been proved successful. So there you go. 
Taco Tuesday belongs to all of us. And uh, uh, as a dad, I, I did Taco Tuesday. And we also did Spaghetti Madness. Spaghetti Madness was inspired by uh, the movie um, Hancock. Uh, so there you go. We did Spaghetti Madness. And then uh, what else did we do? Uh, Saturday, when, when my wife and I, uh, you know, after we got married, that was, uh, that was for sex, I think. That was the only... Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Randall in Pacific Grove. Hello there, Randall. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Hello, Rob. Yeah, I'm uh, wondering about where are all the men's organizations, like fathers' organizations, you know? I mean, like, um, my dad was a Korean War veteran combat, and I'm just wondering, you know, I don't hear anything, any men, uh, fathers, uh, with any organizations for fathers, you know? I mean, these, uh, there's, like this, there's nobody really there to address their sons. A mother cannot raise a son. That's just a biological fact. They have no idea what's involved in the development of a male like a father would. And there are no fathers. Are they extinct? What's going on with the fathers' organizations? Really? Well, let me let me mention this, Randall, and I and I just because I've been in broadcasting for a number of years. Um, back in the '90s, uh, there was an organization called Promise Keepers, and they were fathers who were uh, coming together to support marriage, staying in a marriage for your life, raising your children. And they were destroyed by the left in this country, like they did to the Tea Party movement, like they did to they're trying to do for Moms for America. Um, also, there's been an assault on. Let me finish my thought, Randall. Um, there's also been an assault on men and fathers in popular media for decades the uh, the the american father on television went from bill cosby to a bumbling buffoon so there has been that as far as as far as uh, in national groups for dads i agree we need an updated version and this time i think we're going to be more prepared for the fight that we weren't prepared for when it came to promise keepers go ahead well, that's why i can't understand that's why i can't understand why there isn't a very very strong father's organization to combat uh, the way uh, men are demeaned in the, in the media and the way sons are sacrificed Randall? For feminists and also the promise keepers, they Randall. apologize. The promise keepers apologize. They're a bunch yeah. of simps. Randall, why, why don't you start it? How about that? Why don't you do it? Come on, Randall. One why don't guy. you do it? I'm doing it right now. I'm getting. Hey, it I got an idea, Randall. On your show, Nathan I got an idea. Let's let's call your organization. Who's your daddy? How about that? Uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> has a dad. That's my whole point. <laughs> All right, Randall. I appreciate it, man. I'll have to look into that. Moms for America. Listen, I told you, in our country, right now on Capitol Hill and in a lot of uh, areas, the only people with balls are the people who weren't born with them. Right? I mean, come on. There are a lot of women who are just saying, I'm done with this crap. That's why Moms for America is so amazing. They're like, you know, step back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten this thing out. Ridiculous. Go to Rich in Joppa. Hello, Rich. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Ron, how are you? I'm glorious. A, a couple questions for you. Um, first off, if it's the day, is they going to get double pay? I wonder about that. They should. Wait a minute. Let me ask you this. If you are identifying as non-binary, meaning you are both sexes, do you suppose the female part of your personality gets paid less? <laughs> very good. Very good. My, my other comment is if, if, uh, if, if trans people have the highest suicide rate, and for the last... Uh, what, say three to five years, we've been so accepting of trans. If that rate has not gone down, which I believe it has not, doesn't that kind of uh, prove your thoughts that um, that mental illness is definitely a part of the trans movement? Well, like I said, and this makes 
absolute sense. If somebody says to you that unless my kid is allowed to uh, uh, be transgendered, they've told me they're going to kill themselves, and what would I rather have, a living son or a dead daughter? You say that anything that is uh, based on the threat of suicide is a mental illness. Okay? That's what you need Correct. to tell them, Rich. You're mentally ill if you're telling mom and dad, if you don't want, do what I want, I'm going to kill myself. Exactly. There you, and my end of story. Little, my, my last point's a little off topic, but, um, you know, I, I've been watching these, these people fighting, uh, the, 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 the Palestine people fighting, and the people who are trying to walk the middle of the road. They always say the seven words that Donald Trump got in the most trouble for. What's that? There are good people on both sides. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and you know what? I like to say for those who, uh, who say, well, you know, the Israelis, they perpetrated a lot of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, moral equivalency is the product of a weak mind and a weak argument, Rich. Moral equivalency, when you hear someone use moral equivalency, like all politicians lie, you realize you're up against a, a mental midget when they say that, Rich. Just remember that, okay? I appreciate you. Thank you. You bet, bro. It's, it's the way it is. It's the way it is. Let's talk about uh, EVs and uh, what a bunch of piles of crap they are. But first, we need a little theme song action right here. From Mr. Jim Gossett, Jim Gossett, Jim Gossett, here is Jim Gossett. Boop, boop. Green New Deal is a total scam. It's a joke. Taxpayers, it is gonna slam. They're for posers. It's just a giant money grab. Bankrupt the country while we all pay the If you have an electric pickup, you're a loser. Electric cars you can't afford to drive. <laughs> the economy will fight to stay alive. Boop, boop. Destruction will be far and wide. We'll be suffering because Joe Manchin lied. <laughs> Windmills can't drill. EVs, huge fees. How did it pass? Goodbye, cars with gas. Green New Deal is a joke. Um, um, I uh, I have friends at a at a Ford dealership. And they can't get rid of Ford F-150 Lightnings. Now, those are the Ford F-150 electric pickup truck that they've been touting. They're really, really expensive, and they're worthless. They're complete piles of crap. Because if you put drywall in the back, or you put a payload like a toy hauler on the back, or you put, uh, I don't know, uh, bricks, or any sort of payload, the battery goes down uh, in efficacy tenfold. They're worthless pieces of crap. The, the first cars in the world were electric, and they, they relegated them to history because they were, say it with me, pieces of crap, all right? Uh, the original technology was electric cars, and they're worthless, okay? Let me explain why. Colorado School District is, uh, is having to rely on diesel buses for challenging routes green buses can't handle, which is all of them. The Boulder Valley School District, of course, says it wants to replace diesel school buses with more environmentally frenzy green buses. However, the district is going to buy five new diesel buses because the electric and propane buses won't hold up in cold weather. The district is set to approve the purchase of five new diesel passenger school buses for $700,000. That's $142,000 apiece. What the hell kind of school bus are you buying, you morons? The district said the new school buses, are, the diesel ones are needed because diesel school buses are essential for mountain routes due to their robust performance in challenging terrains, meaning they work. 
These routes have uh, steep inclines, variable weather conditions, and remote locations, making diesel buses a practical choice and making electric buses the wrong choice in any situation. I just added that. Propane and electric buses have limitations on mountain routes. Propane can struggle with altitude, extreme cold, while electric buses experience reduced range in hilly areas. Also, when you get fat kids on the bus, it really does. I was one of those kids. And require frequent recharging. <laughs> Making them less reliable for those, uh, those purposes. Yeah, well, no kidding. This is uh, Representative Pete Stauber question, uh, questioning uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg, Buttigieg yeah, uh, about, uh, about the efficacy of electric engines in cold climates, of which the United States has much. The average temperature uh, in a Minnesota winter? I know it's pretty cold. but I Well, it's that. 12 degrees, although some of my constituents saw temperatures as cold as uh, 42 below last year. Oh, it has that. Mr. Secretary, how many states have an average winter temperature of below freezing? One? It's half the country. Oh. Does cold weather affect an EV's battery life, yes or no? Yes, it does. How much can an EV battery life be reduced by cold weather? Depends on the chemistry of the battery and the model that you're in, but uh, it's a substantial percentage of the yeah. uh, EV battery life. 50, 50% or more. Yeah, they're going to suck if... Uh... The ambulance that's coming to save your life runs out of battery. And just, you know, saying if you're having a heart attack and you're sitting there and uh, you call 911 and they say, well, we, we sent out an ambulance, but it's cold outside. So we ran out of battery about halfway between uh, here and your house. So we got to stop and plug in. <laughs> I thought you should know. <sighs> there you go. There you go. And, and listen, I don't, I don't say this to be mean to anybody. Uh, I don't say this to mean uh, to be anything but this. The push to EVs is a political movement. It is not based on anything practical. It is not based on anything scientific. It is based on crap. It rewards countries like China for mining rare earth minerals that are destructive to the planet. Those batteries in those cars will have to be replaced. They make a Hummer that costs $130,000. The battery in that electric Hummer weighs as much as a new Corolla. Okay? Uh, and when it runs out, and when you have to replace it, it's probably going to cost you about 25 k maybe even more, all right? I got no problem with, with uh, hybrids. Toyota has a new brand of hybrids. Everybody's going, I don't want a four-runner with a four-cylinder. Well, yeah, you do, because it's got 380 horsepower and more torque than the six. So hybrid vehicles, hell yeah. Uh, Plug-in hybrids, hell yeah. But EVs are for posers. They are made for little cute hybrid vehicles to go to Whole Foods, buy your arugula, and golf carts. That's it. Maybe scooters. That's about it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. The gentleman from the great state of Louisiana and the 56th Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, the Honorable Mike Johnson. So, uh, yeah, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. Now, here's the great thing about this. Uh, Mike Johnson is a conservative. Here's a little bit of Mike. Uh, here's, a little, uh, here's a little sneak peek at Johnson. To my colleagues, I, w- I want to thank you all for the trust that you have instilled in me to lead us in this historic and unprecedented moment that we're in. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now. And I will not let you down. Okay, I hope so, because Kevin McCarthy made a lot of promises and he was completely wrong. Here's uh, President Trump congratulating the new speaker. I just want to congratulate Mike Johnson. He will be a great speaker of the House, and we were very happy to help. I've known him for a long 
time. He's a tremendous leader, a tremendous man. Comes from a wonderful place, Louisiana. Okay, there you go. That's the president. This is uh, CNN uh, uh, asking outside of the White House, if you win re-election again, are you worried that a speaker would attempt to overturn the election? So if you win re-election in 2024, are you worried uh, Joe Biden. that a speaker Johnson would again attempt to overturn the election? No. No, because I'm going to prevent uh, Donald Trump from becoming the candidate. Oh, sorry. Uh, where am I? So, uh, you know, here's the great thing. And I want you to say this to your uh, lefty friends today who are laughing at the chaos. Who are laughing at the chaos for voting to uh, get rid of uh, Kevin McCarthy. And now you see this conservative, mega, fascist, enemy of democracy, election denier as the speaker. You did it. Ha! <laughs> The Democrats wanting to create chaos, they're the reasons why Mike Johnson is the speaker. Oh, my God, this is so great. This is almost as good. This is almost as good as Donald Trump becoming the speaker. This is, this is the, I was going to say, if you're going to, the people can really stir stuff up. If you look at uh, the, the uh, oh, Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal uh, says that uh, uh, Mike Johnson gets a Republicans for Ukraine, very poor F grade. Uh, oh, my God. Now I know we've made the right decision. Bill Crystal doesn't like Mike Johnson. Hallelujah. This, this is glorious. I'm just scrolling through Twitter right now. Uh, Trip Roy's congratulating. Uh, wow, they got a mega fascist enemy of democracy election denier. Holy hell. That is uh, spectacular. And it's all been because Democrats did it. Democrats are the reason why Mike Johnson, the MAGA extremist, <laughs> this is just so, this is just so glorious. I'm sorry, it is, it is. And you know the even cooler thing? I think he's going to get some stuff done. I think he's not going to be in bed with the donors like Kevin McCarthy. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think that I that he is a, a vinyl siding salesman, which is what Kevin McCarthy ri- reminds me of. I think Mike Johnson is the dude. I'm just saying. And and you know what I'm basing my uh, all of my uh, my my predictions on um, my gut, my life experience, and research. And they're telling. Also known as my Carson. Super sense. There you go. That's my super sense. And my super sense was right about a lot of things. Russia collusion. 2016-2020, midterm, southern border, China, uh, you name it, all of that. So my Spidey super sense, my Rob super sense says uh, they make the right choice, and the Democrats are going to hate it. Tee-hee, double win. Let's take a break. This is the Rob Carson Show. All right, if you're looking for a laugh with some, uh, I think, great commentary today, listen to the podcast of this show. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen, Newsmax.com slash listen, and share with others if you would. God bless you guys. God bless Israel. Until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.